This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey everyone, this is Allison Kay. It is so fantastic that you have taken time to join us today. I love everything that has to do with artificial intelligence and machine learning. And what I love even more is when it actually helps people and it helps people achieve a higher level of performance, achieve their dreams, find opportunity. And so I think this company is a fantastic example of how these technology tools that are available to us today can transform not only the world, but lives of individuals. And so it is my absolute pleasure to introduce the CEO and founder of VMark, Salih Pandey, who is going to tell us his, if you think about the vision, it's offer smart career acceleration platform, but it's so much more when you dig into the website and all the services. So Salil, welcome to the program. We're so excited to speak with you today. Thank you, Alison. Uh, lovely to be here. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think we started VMOG with a very simple idea. We wanted to make sure that uh, everyone should be able to put their best foot forward when they are trying to really engage with the market, trying to find an opportunity that is uh, going to be meaningful for them. They're going to maximize the economic outcome um, because if uh, they don't maximize the economic outcome over long term, this can become like a very, very valuable um, sort of gap in their earnings. Um, and we knew that uh, in order to solve this problem, this cannot be done human to human only. It needs to get some support from technology. If uh, we can create a platform, if we can create some sort of a service mm -hmm. on top of the platform that actually works with these uh, candidates, they can actually uh, find it something that is meaningful. They can um, work through that. And then over a period of time, they can really get perfect in terms of how they present themselves as if they've gone to a great institution or they've had all the support that they needed. So irrespective of their background, they can actually put the best foot forward. Well, we're going to dig into all of the different tools, but we're going to take a step back. So your company, is, it straddles the U.S. and India, and we're speaking to you from India today. So where are you in India? Um, so my office is based uh, in Chicago and in New Delhi. Uh, in fact, uh, a New Delhi has like a national capital region and there's a place in New Delhi, around New Delhi, it's called Gurgaon or Gurugram. That's where we are located. Fantastic. And tell us where, because you have a background in, in, in Chicago, educated in Chicago. What was the, the inspiration for going down this path when you started to uh, say, you know, technology can solve this problem. What was the main inspiration for you? 
Um, I think um, I have by design, I think uh, always been someone to get drawn to people where I think I can create some impact. I can help them think through certain part of their careers and everything else. And my wife, Kiran, uh, she is actually the same way. And when she was going to Kellogg uh, for her MBA, I realized the problems that I had faced when I was going to University of Chicago for my graduate education, uh, the problems were still the same. People were working on their resume, people were working on their interviews, their profiles and so on and so forth. And when we started to really just uh, see this problem, it appeared that, wow, in great institutions, you are still working so hard on these problems what is going to happen to all these other places where there may not be that much of support available and when when kids are on their own and they have to still sort of compete in the market space so if this thing that we enjoy working with others to help them with their career can truly become our passion and our career can combine then there could be a great opportunity for us to really sort of not worry about not enjoying the ride and that's how VMOC actually came into being. Well, I like our listeners, if you're near a computer, to take a look at the website. So it's VMOC. So it's V-M-O-C-K dot com. So I go to VMOC. Tell me what I'm going to find there. Yeah, absolutely. If you go to VMOC, um, you would be able to really just go in there and work on their on your resume. Um, so, for example, if you don't have a resume, you would be able to create one. And if you have a resume, you load your resume. As a student, when you load your resume, it automatically sort of scores things on your resume in context to what's your background. So if you are a computer science student versus if you're a history major or if you're a communications major, we try to provide you very contextual guidance so that you can actually literally get the feedback like you're sitting down with a coach and the coach has unlimited time and they are telling you, hey, have you thought about this? Um, You have used the word led multiple times. Oh, by the way, you're missing this particular leadership skill, but your experiences are saying that you might have that skill embedded as part of your experiences. Do you want to consider into your experiences a little bit more in detail? So it's kind of like an environment where they can just really sort of hone their resume. And as they improve, their score improves, they go from red to yellow to green. So instant gratification. The whole philosophy here is not punitive, it's developmental. We wanna make sure that everybody is constantly getting pat on the back. And that's what motivates people. Once you're done with that, then you can actually work on your LinkedIn profile. You want to make sure that your LinkedIn story and your resume stories are not two separate stories. They're consistent. LinkedIn is like um, a document which you actually position yourself into the future. And resume is something that actually is looking into past what you have done. So you, your story has to come together there. And then once you are done with all of this, then we actually say, okay, let's now find out what are your matching careers? Um, where do you have an opportunity to position yourselves really well? Are there opportunities out there that you can actually uh, take advantage of? Uh, we actually try to tell them, hey, have you got a good elevator pitch? Because you know what? Whether you are in person or virtual, you are going to have this question everyone's going to ask you, which is, hey, tell me about yourself. Well, and, and I if- think I'm, I'm going to interrupt you because there's so many different things your platform does. I want to, I want to be able to hit more because I think they're, you know, if for our listeners, they're like, okay, well, I know there's other tools out there that help rate my resume, but I, I think there's just, there's so much more in your platform than just this one piece, such as the, um, 
you know, we're all doing video interviews right now, whether you're an employer like me or whether, you know, you're an applicant. So tell us what the tools do to help me with that aspect of what I have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely, Alison. It's very important today to actually not convert your uh, interview into a mock interview. Real interview should not be your practice interview. You must practice before. But the problem is, like, if I practice, who's going to give me feedback? How would I know how well did I do? Some of the things that computer programs on the other side with the employer side are actually looking at and evaluating you, you don't even know. What's your page? How many times did you say ahs and ums? Are you something too robotic? Are you using too much of elongations? Is your modularity good? Um, are you uh, slouching? Is the background behind you is like good? Many of these things. Now you're doing the Zoom interview. You're doing the Microsoft Meets or Google Meets or Microsoft Teams meeting. So we actually allow you to do a sort of recording and instantly provide you feedback and follow the same pattern of the feedback, which is red, yellow, green. And uh, again, the idea is not to punish you. Idea is to promote you and help you feel that, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have been slouching here. Oh, I got it. I should actually smile once in a while or I should actually have some modulation, make my pitch interesting. I should not use the word, I hate my job, I quit my job. I should actually talk about the positive things because that's what is gonna get carried forward. And once they're done with that, they can actually even share with a coach. A coach is an integral part of our platform. We have never actually presented anything which is not without a coach because if you can share, and a coach doesn't need to be like a professional coach. I mean, Alison, you could be my coach or I could be your coach in certain areas. If you have done your work with AI and really gotten to a certain point and then shared with the coach, I think it's a beautiful world. So we're going to switch now and talk about the building of the company. Um, it, and, it, and I just want to let our listeners know it, it, it does more even than what we've just touched base on. It, it truly is this. I think a platform for the future. And so let's talk about the the building of the the company. I know from having conversations with you, um, you did your seed round, you did your series A, and then you hit a point where you said, okay, we're not going to raise any more investor investor money. Any kind of wisdom there or lessons learned? Was it um, you know, were you trying to still retain a certain portion of the company? Did you say, hey, we've got enough cash flow, we don't need to do any more? Um, what what led to some of those decisions to put a pause on taking more investor money? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I am of the belief that if you can build a company that can stand on its own two feet sooner rather than later, you actually are going to have a better outcome whenever that outcome that you are looking at, whether you take it to public, you join hands with other folks and so on and so forth. My desire was that we should have enough in the kitty that we can absolutely execute against our strategy. But Alison, we also knew that this is going to be a long game because mm-hmm. I'm going to start with resume. I'm going to work on the uh, then bring in employers on the platform. I'll follow this, um, uh, this candidate as an employee inside the company. So we wanted to make sure that we position ourselves into that pivoting moment where our story is so clear to people that This company is going to connect a candidate all the way from learning to earning loop that exists. And it is going to really provide value along that loop. And 
we have reached that point now because we have launched our second platform, um, Alison. It's called Smart CMC, and a Smart CMC is a smart career management platform. Now, this career management platform allows employers, coaches, employer relations, students, alumni, and uh, um, and everyone to really just do recruiting on the platform, placement on the platform. Coupled with our career acceleration, which allows them to really get ready. So truly, preparation meets the opportunity has come together, and and we're seeing like a beautiful journey on uh, on that. Oh, fantastic! So clearly, this is a this is a tech company because you you can't do what you do without having a strong technical team. So can you go back to the early days and tell us? You know, you have this concept. Um, how you went about building those first stages of your coders and your tech team. Yeah, absolutely. So lucky for me, my wife is a computer science engineer. <laughs> and uh, and she... Who went to Kellogg? <laughs> who went to Kellogg? And, uh, she has an undergrad and master's in computer science. She's a system thinker. So, uh, and I am like uh, more of a vision guy. So I like to dream and think as to what it's going to be like when when things are truly available to uh, all the candidates that I keep dreaming and imagining about. So, yeah, I mean, initially, uh, she's the one who actually conceptualized as to in terms of how we're going to really uh, deliver this value that you are thinking in terms of actual product. Mm-hmm. And then there is a, there's a school in India. Uh, I don't know, Alison, if you know, it's called IIT, Indian Institute of Technology. It's... Uh, it's it's like one of the pioneers uh, of like the technical education in India. But those alumni alumni of IIT, they are the ones who are like many many places that you see. In fact, the Google CEO is an uh, IIT guy, and so on and so forth. Um, if you just do a little research on IIT and San Francisco Bay Area or anywhere else where the startups and everything is, you're gonna find a lot of them. I actually did my undergraduate from there. So I knew that if we are going to build something which is going to be very technical, very blue ocean thinking, many of the things that we have done, they have not been done before, Alison. We have nearly seven patents that have been approved in the United States, in Japan, in Singapore, in India. And so we knew that we're going to work on fundamental problems. They, they have not been done before. We need to be patient. We need to just work on technology and we need to have the mindset that it's probably never going to finish. <laughs> It'll evolve and evolve and evolve. Um, no, I love you sharing the piece about, about patents um, because I, I think we talk about so much about people protecting what they've built. And when you're building a, a global company like you're building, it's, it's, it's difficult to keep up with everything. And so you need to have a, a robust team that you're taking along with you. Um, I want to ask you about marketing. How? What's the marketing approach to to build a platform? I mean, you talked about some scaling, starting with the students, now talking to employers. Um, what does your marketing team or your business development team look like? And what's yeah. what's their main focus? Yeah, so business development team is quite light actually, and uh, initially also. I was pretty comfortable in telling my uh, co-founder, my wife, Kiran, that do not worry about really marketing the product because uh, Alison, I was actually um, a pretty good sales guy, uh, sales and marketing guy at uh, corporate executive board CEB in Washington, D.C. And uh, and I kind of knew that if I actually believe in a product, selling that product is not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And then the way I met people 
who are leading career centers around the country and in fact around the world and they just love the vision they just love the idea one of the um, one of the guys that i'm actually absolutely adore uh, jeff rice from uh, ohio state jeff actually took me for a coffee and he said when i went to his office he took me a coffee in starbucks just nearby in his office close by and he said salil you have something magical what you need to do is take it to 70 and then let us do the remaining 30 it's just going to make it so nice i was already thinking about it that how we going to do the triage and all of that so he just laid it out so simply for me and since then, since then we have been like great friends similarly like i have friends like in so many career centers around uh, the country and the world they have all contributed their energy they are like they want to make us successful and then we built like a small team that actually just figured out the art of really communicating all the conferences that happen we actually decided to really take the cause of the conference whatever is the conference trying to do we took the cause and we said okay let's help whichever way we can help the conference and you know like in in sanskrit um in they say karmane vadikaraste mafaleshu kadachan it's in sanskrit which means you do your good deeds results will follow and that's what myself kiran and many many on uh, on my team they 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 have that agenda just do right things and if you keep doing the right things forget about results they will have to follow you uh if if you are actually just from your mind from your soul from your heart you're aligned that you really want to create value you really truly want to create value for that kid for that employee who just got laid off for that kid who doesn't have a coach that can actually help her write their resume for that underprivileged or for that for example now we're working in um with the uh, workforce that actually is not fully capable and they need some support we are actually trying to help them make sure that they understand like how this tool can be really valuable so it's it's like unbelievable in terms of the good that we can create with the business that we thought we thought and started when kiran was going to kala you know okay, i'm going to switch topics on you because i like to talk about the relationship with co-founders and it's very different <laughs> because um you know i talked to very few uh company founders who their co-founder is their is their spouse and so my question to you is you know how do you turn it off because you got to live and breathe this 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 business um you know how do you turn it off and we don't like i do not like the words work life balance i like the words work work life choice um but you know how do you, how do you kind of keep some distance or is it vmock all day all the time uh not really um i think uh, there i had a boss in corporate executive board jay mcgonigal and uh, jay actually told me that salil i think people keep talking about work life balance but actually it is work life sequence and you are on a mission if you are at that time totally focused on doing a balance uh there could be some tension so kiran and i we both are uh, as you look at our backgrounds we both are very driven so for us it has been very important to really take this mission and get to a point where we can introduce like what you call as work life balance but it has been a work life sequence for us and we actually were for a long time just focus 
and deliver on this mission, deliver on the vision that you want to create most awesome platform. And then basically, I think initially we had a little bit of, you know, like I wanted to get into product. She was advising me on sales and marketing and all of that stuff. And sometimes, you know, like uh, we, we just chat and then we say, okay, fine. We have at this point in time clearly understood she's awesome in what she does in product technology and data and, and, and the stuff. And I'm, I'm pretty good in what I do. And we have that kind of like balance right now where we actually have that trust, undivided trust sort of pulling us along. And, uh, and then we have two beautiful daughters and we travel. Um, we actually swim. I go for biking. Um, we both run. Kiran actually ran half marathon. So I don't think we have actually lost out on those moments of life which you're going to carry as an eclectic portfolio of experiences as you sort of look back. So we do have plenty of those. Well, thank you for sharing that. So time does go fast on this podcast, but I would be totally remiss to speak with a tech visionary like yourself and not ask the question about big picture trends, what you think is coming up next, what you are personally watching or where your, where your go-to research is to watch for trends. So what's on your uh, mind in that aspect? No, thank you, Alison, for asking that. And and I'll, I'll try to give you some perspective on what I think in the area that I'm working on and passionate about. And then I think the rest of the world. Um, I think education has a lot of pressure. Education, the way it was done before where Sage was on the stage and everyone was plugged in, th- those days are gone. Mm-hmm. My... My 12-year-old can teach me something that I would not know. And I need to just say that she is my little guru. So I think what is going to happen, we are waiting for that pivotal moment when a group of employers say, we've got the assessments. If you've got the skill, take the assessment, join me. And that pivotal moment is the moment when education industry is going to have very, very, very strong pressure because then the value of diploma certificates is going to be very different than what we've had in the past. So my advice, my advice to almost every educational institution, university, college, whatever it is, to focus on career first. If you are going to be known for certain career, nobody can take that away from you. Your brand in finance must be known for everyone to really be trusting you that they can get a career when they actually come to your institution. Uh, If it is going to be about general studies and, and so on, they're going to be somewhat important. But I think as the world is evolving, we're going to see more and more of specialized skills, uh, focus, and then maybe learning will become or education will become like a subscription. Why do I have to front load four years of education when I, by the time I graduate, it's all going to be outdated. I should have a subscription to education from, let's say, University of Chicago, where I can take two to three classes on a certain subscription model, or I can go up and down, and I can, I can be a forever learner. 
So that's what I am seeing on the education side. Inside companies, inside companies, Alison, I do believe it's it's truly my vision that inside the companies we're going to have clouds and we're going to have skill clouds where I would know the skill PNL of my company and I would operate around that and I would constantly be sort of plugging in um, the skill. I mean, a lot of stuff is happening. Look what Elon Musk is doing with this, uh, um, his company, the brain install company. I don't know. In um, I forgot the name. Um, but like, I think it's clear that our skills, which is at least on the paper, which is at, at least caught through communication, through personality and all of that stuff, that is tangible. And then we know if we can connect those skills in the paths and we can find out how to really develop an employee internally into the company, the competitive pressure on the top talent is going to reduce. So I think a skill, a lot of people are talking about a skill being the new currency, a skill being the thing. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see skill clouds like Amazon cloud. You're going to see skill cloud inside companies. And finally, I think uh, I do believe that AI uh, must have its limits. AI should not be limitless because um, it can actually um, be quite dangerous too. Very interesting take on on all of that. And I'm listening intently because I've got one graduating from high school this year and another one behind him. And um, and I, I really, and I have one that is graduated from high school 11 years ago. And we're looking at the college experience and career experience completely different just in that decade time difference. Um, and, and you're right, the way that Gen Z and the young people look at their experiences and what they want out of out of careers is completely different. I mean, you look like organizations like Top Coder, Mike Morris, who founded Top Coder, who was ahead of his time when he started it, has, you know, 1.5, it's probably almost 2 million people now that are part of that uh, community, because like you said, it's, it's a skill-based place, you know, marketplace and people can do all the work they love and not get hung up and all of the part about working for companies that they hate. And I think that is absolutely what the next generation of workforce is going to be. They're not going to want to, you know, put up with some of the things in, in the workplace. But so, Lil, I think you are doing delightful things with VMOC. I'd like to ask my guests if we were to talk to you again in two to three years, what's the vision for either you personally or for your company? Personally, um, I want to just uh, make sure that um, if more and more educational institutions, um, the ones that don't have resources around the world actually are able to take advantage of what we have built, um, I would be very, very happy. Uh, I would feel that uh, um, nobody got left behind because they didn't have uh, the resources, connections, or any kind of privileges. I just uh, feel that that's so important to both Kiran and I. We really want to see that happen, and we're going to be very, very happy with that. Um, in terms of where the company is going to go, uh, company is certainly going to find uh, a way to help not just the students, but also um, employees. And uh, we want to see employees actually develop their skills, employees actually manage their sort of careers and navigation and so on. 
and um, and and then really work uh, work through um, uh, quite smartly. Um, I am working on a bunch of things on my personal life. I write poetry. I sing. My daughter is an opera singer. So there's a lot of richness to the life that we have within family. I would like to just uh, spend more time there as well. Fantastic. Well, Salil, I am sitting in Chicago and I know that's where your your team is. So when you come in town, give me a ping and let's go uh, grab a coffee or some beverage with a little more edge to it. Um, thank you so much for being our guest. Tell everybody where they can find um, and connect to you and the company. Uh, oh, they, uh, they can actually uh, uh, come to www.vmog.com or just drop me an email. My email is salil.pande at vmog.com. S-A-L-I-L dot P-A-N-D-E at vmog.com. I'm totally available. Thank you so much for being a guest. And to our listeners, if Salil shared something with you that you think somebody else needs to hear, please pass along copy of this episode. Also, we love, love reviews. Review us at your favorite podcast channel, Podchaser, wherever you hang out. And then uh, separately, if you have not picked up my book, Building Your Brand, Make Business Happen in a Global Economy, please head over to Amazon and do that. Uh, Thank you for giving us the gift of your time, Salil. It was a delight to speak with you today. Absolutely, Alison. Pleasure was mine. Thank you so much. You're doing such a good job in terms of bringing in experiences from around the world. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.